Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Parenting Translator Newsletter. I'm Dr. Kara Goodwin, and today I'm going to be discussing the research behind how the pandemic impacted child development and what you can do about it as a parent. The COVID-19 pandemic caused widespread disruptions across the world that led to financial strain, social isolation, and decreased support for many families. These disruptions in turn led to increased stress in parents and caregivers and a mental health crisis among adults and children. Since the beginning of the pandemic, many parents and experts have raised concerns that the pandemic and all of its terrible side effects would also impact the development of children. And very slowly, a body of research is coming out that can address these concerns. So what is the research telling us? Did the pandemic cause subtle changes in development that children will eventually compensate for? Or did it cause serious developmental delays that may ultimately result in more children meeting criteria for developmental disabilities, meaning conditions that emerge in childhood but may result in lifelong impairments in functioning? So today's newsletter will discuss, one, the research thus far on the impact of the pandemic on child development, two, how to know if your child has a developmental delay or disability and what to do about it, and three, how parents and caregivers can help to enhance their child's development after the pandemic. So are the pandemic kids really okay? What is the research on the impact of the pandemic on child development? So first let's discuss the research on the infants born during the pandemic. The largest study that we have on the impact of the pandemic on child development is a meta-analysis, meaning a study that combines data from all previous studies. This study included 11,000 infants born during the pandemic and almost 10,000 infants born before the pandemic. When the data was combined across studies, there were no overall differences in the development in the first year of life, meaning there was no increased risk for a developmental disability in the children that lived during the pandemic. However, the infants born during the pandemic did show an increased risk for delayed social communication skills, yet no differences were found between babies born before versus during the pandemic in terms of motor development, social-emotional development, and problem-solving. The meta-analysis also found that infants who were potentially exposed to COVID-19 in the womb, meaning their mother contracted COVID-19 during pregnancy, showed no overall differences in development and no increased risk for developmental disability, yet they did show an increased risk for an impairment in fine motor skills. However, since the placenta seems to protect most babies from COVID-19, it is possible that this finding reflects other differences between mothers who were not infected by COVID-19, such as being an essential worker during the pandemic. Another study looked at specific developmental milestones in social communication and found that infants born during the pandemic showed impaired social communication skills at 12 months. Specifically, when compared to the 12 months born before the pandemic, fewer 12-month-olds born during the pandemic had spoken their first word, pointed, or waved goodbye. However, babies born during the pandemic showed more signs of advanced gross motor development, with more babies born during the pandemic crawling at 12 months. No differences were found for other developmental milestones, though, including standing alone, stacking blocks, feeding themselves, responding to their name, and using a pincer grasp. Another study that looked at the duration of the infant's first year lived during the pandemic found no relationship between how long they experienced the pandemic and child development, including language and social-emotional development, or maternal mental health or stress at 12 or 24 months. 
They even found no relationship between disruptive life events related to the pandemic and child development. Translation, children who experienced more negative events as a result of the pandemic did not show more developmental problems. However, more disruptive life events during the pandemic was associated with more anxiety and depression in mothers. This newsletter is primarily focused on infants and toddlers, but it is important to remember that school-aged children were also impacted during the pandemic. A meta-analysis, which combines the results of many different studies across different countries, found that school-aged children across the world lost about a third of a school year's learning during the pandemic on average, and they have not seemed to recover from these losses even two years later. These learning deficits are particularly significant for children from lower-income families, and research also finds that learning losses seem to be greater with math than reading. Research also finds that even adolescence development was impacted during the pandemic. Adolescents who lived through the pandemic showed not only increased depression and anxiety, but also something called advanced brain age. So this means that the brain was maturing faster than would be expected. Although at first this may seem positive, advanced brain age is actually common in children who've experienced violence, neglect, or other traumatic events. So in other words, the stress of the pandemic may have unnaturally sped up their brain development. Research also found a pattern of worsening mental health and increased behavioral problems during the pandemic across all children 18 years and younger. This was particularly true for families that experienced more hardships during the pandemic. So translation, overall babies and toddlers did not show significant global developmental delays during the pandemic. Yet there is some evidence for delayed social and communication development. Yet this overall pattern does not mean that all babies were negatively impacted by the pandemic. Older children experienced learning loss as well, increased mental health problems and behavioral problems, and differences in brain development. So why did this happen? There are many possible reasons the COVID-19 pandemic could have negatively impacted children. So some of the most likely explanations include, first, parent mental health. So the COVID-19 pandemic caused financial strain, social isolation, decreased family support, as I mentioned, um, which in turn increased parent mental health problems. So research found that anxiety and depression in new mothers skyrocketed during the pandemic, with 61% of new mothers experiencing anxiety and 43% of new mothers experiencing depression. Not surprisingly, mothers who experienced more negative events related to the pandemic, such as losing a job or childcare, were more likely to experience mental health issues. So mental health issues in parents can contribute to less sensitive and responsive parenting, which then negatively impacts child development. Another potential cause is lack of access to healthcare, childcare, and school. The pandemic closed many childcare centers and schools, which undoubtedly reduced learning opportunities for children. The pandemic also made it more difficult for parents to access necessary healthcare and other services, such as speech and language therapy, physical therapy, and parent education groups. The loss of any external support for parents may have also negatively impacted child development. There was also a lot of job and income loss during the pandemic, which were associated with less positive interactions between parents and children. Women from lower socioeconomic income families were also more likely to experience symptoms of anxiety and depression, and they were more likely to lose a job or income. Severe COVID-19 infections and deaths were also more common in lower income, and in ethnic minority families. 
Finally, a lack of routine and structure and quality parent-child time may have impacted child development. So children thrive on routine and structure, and the pandemic disrupted a lot of family routines for children. So research found that practicing family routines during the pandemic predicted better mental health, even when controlling for income and mother's depression and anxiety. This disruption of routine often resulted in parents replacing quality parent-child interactions, such as reading, with less quality interactions, such as screen time. Research found that parents who read less to their children and had more passive screen time during the pandemic showed impaired language development during this time. However, there are some important limitations of this research that we should discuss. So it's very important to note that the research from the pandemic mostly involved parent report of children's development. So parents reporting of their children may have been more negative because most parents may have a belief that something as extreme as a pandemic would have to be negative for their children. It could also be that parents were spending more time with their children, which allowed them to notice more developmental problems or be more concerned about their child's development more generally. Second, even studies that did not involve parent report may be biased. In these studies, they were comparing children assessed in normal conditions before the pandemic to children assessed during the pandemic with researchers wearing masks, staying behind plexiglass windows, and taking other precautionary measures that may have confused or distracted the children. In addition, the people who are willing to come in during the pandemic may have been more worried about their child's development. Third, the data clearly reveals that there was a great deal of variation in the outcomes for children. Some children flourished during the pandemic and some experienced delays. We cannot assume that the entire generation of children born during the pandemic is delayed. Finally, the differences found during the pandemic could be a temporary decline, and in a few years, we could see no differences between the two groups. However, as I will explain later in the newsletter, it is important that we take action now to correct the developmental course of these children rather than just assuming that children are resilient. So how do you know if your child has a developmental delay or developmental disability as a result of the pandemic? So before the pandemic, about one in six children were identified as having a developmental delay or developmental disability. And even before the pandemic, the rates of developmental disabilities were increasing. With 16.2% of children having a developmental delay or disability, in the years 2009 to 2011, and almost 18% having a developmental disability in the years 2015 to 2017. So what is a developmental disability and how is it different from a developmental delay? So a developmental delay is when your child is consistently behind in acquiring skills in at least one of these areas. So cognitive, which means IQ or problem solving skills, social emotional development, speech and language development, fine or gross motor development, and activities of daily living. A global developmental delay means your child has experienced delays in more than one domain. A developmental delay can mean your child is slightly delayed in developing certain skills and will catch up, or it could be a sign that your child will meet criteria for a developmental disability. A developmental disability is a specific lifelong condition characterized by impaired development in terms of physical development, learning, language, or behavior. The most common developmental disabilities are attention deficit disorder, learning disability, autism spectrum disorder, stuttering, and intellectual disability. Developmental disabilities can also include cerebral palsy, hearing loss, and seizures. Developmental disabilities can be very mild or very severe. So how do you know if your child has a developmental delay or developmental disability? 
Parents should be concerned about the possibility of a developmental delay or disability when their child is not meeting milestones at the same time as other children their age. However, this can be difficult for parents to judge, so there are a standardized list of developmental milestones that parents can refer to. A great resource is the CDC website, which has developmental milestones for every age to two months to five years and an app called Milestone Tracker. They even have a PDF that you can print off to check off each milestone. Parents can also complete the ages and stages questionnaire for free. It only takes 10 to 15 minutes and helps to highlight potential areas of developmental delays, but also developmental strengths. So what exactly are developmental milestones? Developmental milestones simply mean skills or tasks that most children can consistently do at particular ages. And the CDC developmental milestones reflect what 75% of children can do at a particular age. So this means that many typically developing children will miss a milestone here or there, and that's not usually a cause for concern. However, a pattern of missing several milestones may be a cause for concern. And when in doubt, parents should always reach out to their pediatrician or seek an evaluation. So one important note about the CDC developmental milestones. Many speech-language pathologists think that the new language milestones are too lenient. For example, at 18 months, children are now only expected to say three or more words, while research indicates that 75% of children actually say 37 or more words at 18 months. And at 30 months, children are only expected to say 50 words when research shows that 75% of children say 412 words or more at 30 months. So therefore, it may be helpful to follow these more research-backed guidelines. When children are young, it can be difficult to determine if it is a developmental delay or a developmental disability, but early intervention is necessary in both cases. So some children with developmental delays or disabilities may catch up to their peers with early intervention. So it's critically important that developmental disabilities and delays be identified and treated through early intervention. So what should you do if you're concerned about your child having a developmental delay or disability? So many children were likely missed by early intervention during the pandemic. Children were less likely to be seeing doctors, um, which resulted in fewer referrals to early intervention. So it's very important that the children who were missed during the pandemic are now identified and referred to early intervention. It is never too late to start intervention, and we shouldn't assume that just by getting back to normal, it'll be enough to change the developmental path of any child who experienced delays during the pandemic. It's very important that we not simply dismiss delays as being a side effect of the pandemic, such as saying, he's just a pandemic baby, aren't they all slow to talk? Or assume that children will be resilient. Even though developmental delays may be more common during the pandemic, children still need to be identified and referred to early intervention. In order to reverse the impact of the pandemic, we likely need to go above and beyond to help these children and actively work to make up for lost time. So the evaluation process for developmental delays is different in every country. In the United States, early intervention services provide free evaluations for children from 0 to 36 months. And if your child meets criteria for developmental delay or disability, they will provide free services, usually in your home. And in the United States, if your child is over three years, you can request a free evaluation from the public school system. Just call any public elementary school and say, I'm concerned about my child's development and I would like to have my child evaluated through the school system. So if you are eligible, you will receive free services through the public school system and you do not need a referral from your pediatrician and you can seek out these services on your own. It can be scary to seek out an evaluation, but it's important to remember that at best, 
an evaluation will put your mind at rest. And at worst, it will get your child the services that will help them. You do not have to tell anyone the results of the evaluation unless you want to. And finally, it's important to remember that developmental disabilities and delays are not caused by parents and do not reflect that you did anything right or wrong as a parent. So how can you advance your child's development as a parent? So if you are concerned about your child's development, you should always seek help from professionals. However, if your child does not meet criteria for services or they have to wait for an evaluation or services, which unfortunately is far too common, here are three things you can do to advance your child's development. First, increase the language. So research consistently shows that the more you talk with your child, the more advanced language skills they will develop. So in particular, research suggests that you should focus on back and forth conversations with your child, even if their response is only a babble or some type of movement. You don't have to practice language in formal lessons or flashcards, just work more language into your everyday routines. Second, read to your child. Research suggests that reading to your child is associated with improved language and academic skills. Create a routine in which you read to your child at least once per day. Make sure that you're not just reading the words, but are talking to your child about the book and allowing them to make comments and ask questions. Finally, play, play, and play some more. Get on the floor and play with your child whenever you have the chance. Follow their lead and play and allow them to choose the activity and how the play goes. Research finds that this type of child-directed play helps to advance cognitive, physical, social, and emotional development. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Parenting Translator newsletter. Make sure to listen next week for more research-backed tips for parents. Parenting Translator is a nonprofit organization, so all of these podcasts and the information they provide are given to you for free. If you would like to support our work, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Thank you so much.